This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Strange Phenomena now has a Patreon page. If you would like to support the show, then you can visit patreon.com slash Podcast to see what wonderful rewards we're offering for your support of the show. Thank you. And now, on with the show. I guess I have deliberately opted to talk about the most obscure song of the album. I mean, uh, say Kate is very much about songs that, about experiences that are not part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. So this is like a point where you're just like literally, I don't know, just changing your entire bodily experience, kind of almost becoming a different person, surrendering yourself. So I, I do like just how, how committed she is to abstraction in this one. Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the fifth song from Kate Bush's fourth album, The Dreaming, called Leave It Open. And with me to talk about the song this week is... Hello, I'm Christine Kelly. I'm the author of the Kate Bush blog, uh, Dream. Um, it's now called Dreams of Organon. And uh, let's see, I've been on this podcast to discuss uh, which songs, violin, and um, passing through air. Yep. And, and I think that might be it. Yeah. I think so. I, ha- I know I definitely have you for some later... Oh, you were on a Breathing. That's right. Yes, I was. I was. Zoe was the better guest on that one. Oh, you both you both were really cool. I like having two different people on that one. It was really cool. Yeah, we're both big fans of that song. And yeah, and also you're a fan of this week's song, Leave It Open, because uh, you said you were interested in talking about this one, which is awesome, because uh, I hadn't already had anybody for this song, really. So why is Leave It Open one of your favorite Kate songs? Well, it, it ends with a, We Let the Weirdness In, which would be enough. So, yeah, uh, I do love that. Yes, how, how it ends there. <laughs> Kate has the courage of her convictions in that one, but I, I guess I just, I, I guess I deliberately opted to talk about the most obscure song of the album. I mean, uh, say Kate is very much about songs that, about experiences that are not part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. So this is like a point where you're just like literally, I don't know, just changing your entire bodily experience, kind of almost becoming a different person, completely surrendering yourself. So I, I do like just how, how committed she is to abstraction in this one. So what do you like about the song? For me, what I like about the song is the production. And I know I'm going to totally music nerd 
music production nerd on the song. Yeah, because this is, I think, more than any other song on the album, it has the most vocal effects. You got one one effect in the chorus. You got another effect in in um, some of the choruses. And of course, that ending with what we let the weirdness in, it's deceptively simple too. like the production on this song. You, you only got um, you got the drums, you got some bass, you got some electric guitar, you got some acoustic guitar and some piano. So it's like your basic rock band setup. But the effects it's buried in production. Mm hmm. But what they do with those couple instruments and certainly what she does on her voice is quite astounding i say all this and yet it's not a an absolute favorite from this album for me but production wise this is up there for with me or this is up there with pull out the pin for favorite songs production wise I think that the dreaming and hounds of love, it, they like and never forever too, to a different extent. It, it's is the point where her songs start to sound like her subject matter, mm-hmm. where they just or that you know, that level of weirdness just really becomes amped up. It's really when she discovers the Fairlight because she's a great piano artist, a great piano songwriter, but she really needs to go that extra mile to really be in control of of the production, her sound, and you know, just have that Fairlight really bringing to life these weird offbeat concepts that she brings up. But yeah, like a lot of it's just her voice too, because she's using pretty much every corner of her vocal range. You can hear the voice she uses in Wuthering Heights, the voice she uses in um, Under Ice. It's all there. And it's also set to this beat that's like, it, it reminds me of We Will Rock You. Did you have that yeah, I was thinking about it too. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same rhythm, but it's almost there. Just... Mm-hmm. With my ego in my gut. Okay, I'm not gonna sing the whole thing. But well, but actually, can't sing- do that. as far as singing, I mean, there's there's also singing uh, that she is actually singing on the song, especially on the harm is in us part. But then the verses, and I just recorded the the dreaming intro episode with Zoe last night. And, which also, by the way, listeners, goes to show you just how far ahead I plan these kind of, like, record these kind of things yeah. here. And <laughs> she points out that this, that on the verses, it's almost like rap. Because it is, you know, with my ego in my gut, my babbling my mouth would wash it up. But, of course, it sounds cooler because yeah. it's coming from her. <laughs> yeah, there's a real um, rhythm and meter to um, in her, her vocals here, I mean, to the lyrics. I, I, I could probably do some sort of magical analysis on them, but I would have had to do that before I started on the started recording. But. From Daniel Thomas about Leave It Open. In Leave It Open, Kate embraces the weird, the strange, the unexpected. She tells of a liberating realization, one which will eventually lead her to being unquestionably independent. 
She accepts influence beyond her boundaries and encourages us to do the same by calling to the unusual to break down the gates of convention. Musically, the song celebrates the unconventional. Her voice remains affected throughout the song. Her layered vocals sound piped in from a dream. They swirl around like ghosts calling for possession. When the pounding drums begin, she declares her embrace of all the weird. This climax brings a different chant. We let the weirdness seen. I see Kate at the top of her mountain, with ideas, spirits of innovation, and freedom surrounding her, flying around her liberated spirit. Speaking of her personal journey on this album, I feel it's her only moment of celebration of true independence. This project weighs quite heavy, and Kate rejuvenates us with this moment of infectious levity. Leave It Open wouldn't be my favorite song on the album, but it's certainly the most essential for the album's cohesion. It best illustrates the lesson of the dreaming. Challenge yourself to let go and allow all of your own uniqueness. Transform your life in the most unexpected ways. Well, I mean, as far as like lyrics go, I mean, she's actually said quite a bit about uh, kind of the, the, the genesis of the song, if you will. I find it interesting because I honestly, with this song, I'm listening more to the production than the lyrics, especially because the lyrics are so hard to decipher in this song. She is deliberately aiming for unintelligibility on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, with that, yeah, she is on um... that flame. That um, the effect that's on her voice in in the verse makes it really hard to to make out what she's saying. Yeah, I do like this this image she conjures of your know, ego rising from your gut to your stomach. I mean, from your, I mean, sorry, from your gut to your mouth where she's sort of like just turning herself inside out. because like bodily experience is such a major concern of early Bush. And this is almost an exorcism of that mm-hmm. where she's just, I don't know, tra- it's a sort of transcendence that she's going for, I think. And it's interesting that it would come after something like suspended in Gaffa, where it's like, you're kind of looking for something. You're not sure if it actually exists. And then this is supposed to be about what we, like the stimulus, the stimuli, what we let in and what we don't. Like, Yeah, we, I, I think the dreaming in general is largely about uh, what happens when the soul departs the body in a panic. Yeah, she's actually said here, um, like cups, we are filled up and emptied with feelings, emotions, vessels breathing in, breathing out. This song is about being open and shut to stimuli at the right times. Often we have closed minds and open mouths when perhaps we should have open minds and shut mouths. Yeah, it's very much where she's, uh, in this song, she's very much a a vessel for something else, something more primal than, than, say, day-to-day concerns, where it's like, just absolutely open your mind completely. Like, say, I'm trying to look through some lyrics, um, wide eyes would clean and dust, things that decay, things that rust. Uh, I keep them shut. I keep them shut. But yeah, like it's very much just about these primal emotional forces inside that you that you normally would not encounter in everyday life, where you just like allow yourself to become a vessel for them. But that's interesting. Is harm is in us. Harm is in us, but power to arm. Well, there's the violent side of Bush, because Bush can be fucking scary. I mean, this is one of the, this is one of the more scary Bush songs, but yeah, it's a very, it's a, sort of as much of a call to arms as, as a Bush song gets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, narrow mind, narrow mind would prosecute it, die a little to get to it. And that one I'm thinking is like kind of about um, that if you're not open, maybe not being open to new things, that if you have a narrow mind, you, you come across this new idea and it could be anything. I mean, it could be something as simple as like encountering a new idea. <laughs> That you're not totally not yeah. used to. Maybe you grew up in a super conservative environment and you encounter somebody who's like thinks completely the opposite way that you do. And that if you don't keep it, if you don't keep an open mind that in, but instead you have that narrow, narrow mind that you, you would go, rah, that's wrong. I'm persecuted. Yeah. Just the point where those uh, ideas just take over your entire existence. Yeah. We're, you kind of completely give yourself over to stimuli. And the it, what do, you, what do you think of the it? Do you think, because I kind of think of it as kind of like the new idea that you're coming across. Yeah, I don't know, maybe she's speak. I, I, maybe she's speaking about her mind here. I kept it in a cage, watched it weeping, but I made it stay. I leave it open. Mm. I kept it in a cage, watched it weeping, I think it's a, I don't know. I think it's a viable reading, but I don't know. Maybe you have a different take on it. No, because I always just kind of wonder, like, okay, with the it, because I, I wonder, it could be maybe it could be a new idea that you're you're coming across that you're not used to. Yeah, you're not used to. But I like it with it being the mind. I kept so I kept my mind in a cage. Watched it weeping, but I made it stay. As in, like I watched it, like oh, oh my god, I'm not used to. Ah, ah, ah. Like your your mind being scared by this yeah. new idea, but you're like, no, 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 no. This I need to, I need this to, to stay with me. I need this to. I'm trying to think of the right words. Ah. <laughs> like I need this to. Uh, it, it's it's very philosophical. This is very deep. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 that kind of song. I'm sure there's probably some fun philosophical reading to do this, which I I don't know. I might I might do that someday on the blog, but if I can um, find the right thinker for this. I mean, you got a couple of years before you get to this on the blog. Yeah, I'm on the kicking side now, so I've got time. <laughs> Well, I, I do like the fact I think this is more than most songs. She's really inviting her audience to figure out what the hell this means because it's she's really oh, yeah. in her own cleverness, but but it is justified because the song actually is clever. So I, I just want to turn back to this uh, interview where she well, a couple interviews where she talks about the song and people attempt to interpret it. She says, like, people uh, write in every week with a new version of what they think has been said, and no oh, one has yeah. gotten it so far. This is in 1983, which is, what, a year after The Dreaming was released? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think there are only three or four people who actually know what has been said there. I really like that, though. 
the idea of all these people sitting and listening over and over to the ending and wondering what's been said. It's lovely, like a game. So Kate is a goddamn troll. Very much trolling her audience. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, she has another anecdote where she does them. Uh, talking about guessing, at last someone who uh, has discovered what's, be- what's being said at the end of Leave It Open. Well done. But I'll tell you about some of the fascinating encounters I've had. There's Mr. <laughs> John Reamers from the USA who has rung up once a week with his new version. Is it? Nope. Well, is it? Nope. Tell me, tell me. John, you're terrific. But I'm afraid this is just a mild case. One night I woke up to a tapping on the window. It was someone hanging from a nearby tree by their feet. <laughs> in, their hands, <laughs> in their hands was a card, and written on it was, Is it? We paint the penguins pink. <laughs> I'm afraid I had to laugh. <laughs> I'm afraid I had to laugh and shook my head. They burst into tears and ran off into the moonlight. But I think the cleverest was a phone call I had the other week. Hello, Kate. Hello. It's Jay here. How are you doing? He sounded a little squeaky to me. And then he said, you know, it's ridiculous. I was uh, sitting here listening to the end of Leave It Open the other day, and I just couldn't remember what you said. I know it's crazy, but I interrupted. We paint the penguins pink. Oh, yeah, of course. How could I forget? See you soon. Bye. Hmm. See what I mean? Clever. Yeah, but seriously, I've enjoyed your guesses tremendously. But I have terrible dreams about your reactions now that the answer has been revealed. Do I hear cries of you're kidding, but that's stupid? Or core, that's pathetic. All our over efforts over that? Well, I hope not. And remember to let the weirdness in. I love her. <laughs> I think this shows that, like, maybe sometimes she, she might come across to people as being very serious. I am serious artist. But this just shows that she has a nice sense of humor. She's like, Yep, guys, gonna keep guessing. Ooh, yay, this is fun. It's a game. Oh, yeah, she's just, she's deliberately fucking with her audience here, and it's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, oh, goodness, that ending, though. Like, okay, so when I first listened to The Dreaming, when I first listened to this, I was listening to it on my iPod, and in my dorm room, Right as I was like getting in really into Kate Bush's music, it was before I left for France and found Lionheart and Never Forever. And I had read about this ending and how it about it being like so hard to figure out. I knew it was let the weirdness in the first time I heard it. It's weird. I I don't remember the first time I heard the heard the song, but I've just kind of known that uh, it's we let the weirdness in so long that I can't really hear it as anything else me neither i mean i i I try to hear we paint the penguins pink but it just doesn't really i don't know i just don't hear it i don't either (laughs) but it is so heavily distorted that it's no wonder that people thought it was we let the we let we paint the penguins pink or something like that it's actually kate just saying paul is dead I mean, guys, speaking of that ending, so the, because I'm about to like majorly musically nerd here. Um, Yay! This, so when we're talking about the production, so the first thing is that the, uh, the effect you first hear on her voice, with that, where mm-hmm. it sounds like it's like her voice is kind of like traveling in waves almost. That is what is called a uh, a flanger. And mm. a flanger, 
there are a couple of different sort of effects that you can get that kind of sound like psychedelic and like wah-wah almost that are especially used on guitars more often than the human voice. But if you put it on the human voice, it like sounds very like distorted and everything. So I have used this effect sometimes in my own music, but mostly in the background because it is such a thick effect that it would make it yeah. very hard for people to understand the lead vocal. And so I, I don't want to do that in my music. But the, what this does, it is, it's very similar to also something called a phaser, and it's just a difference in how the signal is processed. So this flanger, it is an audio effect produced by mixing two identical signals together. One signal delayed by a small and gradually changing period, usually smaller than 20 milliseconds. This produces a swept coma filter effect. Peaks and notches are produced in the resulting frequency spectrum, related to each other in a linear harmonic series. Varying the time delay causes these to sweep up and down the frequency spectrum. A flanger is an effects unit that creates this effect. So, layman's terms, Basically, you got you got your signal, like whether it's like me talking. And if you put this effect on it, you it, it basically it copies the other it copies the signal, but then puts a little bit of a delay on it that gradually changes over time. And so that's where you get that sweeping kind of effect. Yeah, is that uh, how how relevant is that to say automatic double tracking? Um, no, double tracking. That's more like you're you're singing or saying something, and then you put on the headphones and you sing that exact same thing, like note for note, and you have to be pitch perfect when you do it because if you don't, like you can tell when somebody's off slightly, and you're basically oh. singing with yourself. And that's, that actually is an effect. Um, also, like I've known it also as doubling because you are like, you've got two different, you've got yourself, you, you, you got two tracks of you singing with yourself, but they're two different tracks. Like you're not, and you're not copying the first track. You're actually singing with yourself on track two. And that mm. also is an effect that that's used a lot to make your voice sound fuller. And I'm sure that Kate has used that effect quite a bit in her own songs and goodness like when she when she comes up with like the choirs of her own voice that you get on this album and on the next one especially on something like the big sky that's a that's like doubling and tripling like she's just got multiple tracks of her just singing the same melody with herself and the more tracks you do of that like the bigger your voice sounds it's it's really really cool <laughs> Oh yeah, like that, like a big sky in particular. It's basically just this giant chorus of Kate's. Mm-hmm. So any of the yeah, songs? Yeah, talk that... about them. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she talks about um the the demo. I mean, no, well the demo. I mean the song in general. But yeah, she has uh, used a revox and a few effects such as a guitar, chorus, pedal, and an analog delay system. I just wonder how much of that was. Ex I wonder if all of that was exclusively on, exclusively on her voice, or if she that was just for all the instruments. I think that some of it might have been used on her voice, 
but also on the guitars because there there are guitars on here that's uh alan murphy got smurf playing his guitar refrain and Mm -hmm. like you can and there's definitely stuff on the guitars in there too and i mean usually in music the guitars usually have some sort of effect on them whether it's like a, a a um flanger effect or something or or some sort of other delay or chorusing yeah but yeah i actually see the, the the quote too you have um she says we tried to give the track an eastern flavor and the finished demo certainly had a distinctive mood yeah well, well yeah eastern flavor is a pretty meaningless phrase and i wish kate would stop saying things like that although to be fair i think she has well, because she also doesn't talk about her songs much anymore anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't, I mean, uh, well, at least we got that, uh, that whole uh, tour, I mean, the, the whole tour for uh, 50 Words for Snail. I'm sure that's right, didn't we? Didn't we, like, get a bunch of Kate tours every year or something? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think the... Uh, the part, well, one of the things that's interesting to me about all the effects she's using on there is, I mean, there's that off to, there's that frequent line about uh, Kate Bush's primary voice, be, I mean, her primary instrument being her voice, and so she's really taking it all the way here by treating it as an instrument, laying all these effects on it. Sarah, so you got the, you got that first effect on her voice in, in the verses, and then she's got some sort of echo. Maybe with a little bit of reverb for the, but I've started learning how, which by the way, I did not realize she was actually singing, but she says, but now I've started learning how. Yeah, I I didn't realize, I I can't figure out most of the lyrics here by ear. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's just so reverb based, but I, I just love that little, uh, that high-pitched voice coming from somewhere, somewhere in the mix, going. But now it's started learning how. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I like the mixing in this uh, too. Um, oh yeah, I would say uh, like a harm comes from the left channel. Uh, mm-hmm. Harm zenith, but power to arm from the right. So yeah, I, I do love how it's mixed. Yeah, that too. I, I especially yeah, this one you have to really listen on headphones. Oh yeah, because I just I did that for the first time today. I was like, "Holy shit, this sounds amazing!" And it, it was kind of incredible. This is the first album she produced on her own, so she's really going all out to prove that she could be a solo producer. And a lot of people hated it. People are entitled to their opinions, but also fuck them. But I mean, but yeah, it's uh, it's a ridiculous. It's just a ridiculously extra statement on her part. So the ending there with We Let the Weirdness In, which, you know, we were talking about, like, she was, like, turned it into a little bit of a contest with the Kate Bush Club, as in, mm-hmm. hey, what is being said? <laughs> I like this thing. This is actually from the Love Hounds list. Um, this was from 1987. And they were talking about songs where Kate has used backwards vocals. And, yeah, that's a, that is another cool effect, by the way. Like, if you mm-hmm. go into like a digital audio workstation like Logic, I use Logic Pro, 
and you record yourself saying something. And in yeah. Logic, it's so easy to do this. Like there's just a little button or a little thing that you tick that it plays it, that it will like f- literally flip the, the waveform around so that it's playing backwards. And that's just so easy to do there in Logic. But it says, uh, there have only been two so-called backwards tracks in Kate's music to date, as far as anyone knows so far. The first appears in The Dreaming, specifically in the last minute of Leave It Open. The Kate Bush Club made a competition out of the passage, offering a prize to the first member to come up with the correct message that Kate sings in the fade out of the song. No one came up with the correct solution for several issues, which is to say, for more than a year. The first problem was that the vocal track sounded exactly like a backwards masked track, but wasn't one, strictly speaking. The strict second hmm. problem was that there was also an instrumental sound underneath Kate's fade-out chorus, which was being played backwards. In fact, the mystery message was wow. more complicated than a simple backwards mask <laughs> track, such as the mystery tracks on the Beatles' Revolution Number no. 9, for example. In most, if not all, earlier cases of backwards masking, the artist simply recorded a message or played some music normally, then it added that, that recording to the mix by playing the tape backwards. The Beatles did a lot of backwards masked music on Revolver, and the difficulty was in coming up with a piece of guitar playing that actually fit with the chord structure of the song when it was played back backwards in sync with the forwards <laughs> tracks, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, I- that's amazing. Yeah, I just love the sheer feat of having to just compose backwards. I mean, just having yes. to figure out the right... <laughs> that, that's, that is properly balmy, yeah. I mean, that kind, of, that kind of reminds me of one of my other favorite singers, Eliza Rickman. And Eliza Rickman, what she did in one of her videos was she actually learned to sing backwards. Because the idea was that they were filming it. Oh God, I forget what the exact effect was. Like she, she was looked like she was actually singing in time with the music, but they were they made the film go backwards, and so she had to learn to lip sync backwards <laughs> to make it work. And so she was learning her song like backwards. I know it's the coolest thing. <laughs> Absolutely del- delightfully perverse. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, George Harrison apparently played many slightly different solos on the Revolver tracks until one of them happened to sound good when played backwards with the songs. The task wasn't really very difficult for the Beatles since part of their intention was to add a lot of surreal surreality and confusion to the recording, and a little imprecision of chords and notes was seen as a plus for the music, not a mistake. For Kate, however, nothing that haphazard has ever been acceptable, especially on an album track. Therefore, for the fade out of Leave It Open, she first composed the exact musical, melodic line that she wanted people to hear when they simply played the record straight. Then she set that phrase to the words, we let the weirdness in. Next, she recorded that melodic line and listened to the weird phonetic sounds that came out when the passage was played backwards. She then proceeded to imitate those sounds as precisely as possible, following not not only the phonetics that the backwards back playback produced, but also the new inverted melody that resulted. Once she had learned this new passage perfectly, she then performed it as though it were a normal chorus, synced that version up with the master tape, and let it play backwards with the fade out. The result was a message that was note for note the same as the musical passage she has originally intended, but with sounds altered just enough so that it sounded like backwards gibberish, but wasn't. <laughs> 
Kate fucking Bush, everyone. Yeah, drop the mic, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, do you, what, what what more can you say about uh, Kate Bush? Like, does everybody can stop writing the think pieces now? It's just it, that, that's, it's like she just speaks for herself. It is a really I when I read the when I like looked at into the song for for the show and read about and read like what I just read there I went ooh I want to try something similar to that so well, yeah that'll be awesome you should you should do that actually you should do that with the with the podcast just uh actually record, uh, just um, play. Actually, on the mailbag episode, when it was like this kind of kind of thing, like, you know, this is our new segment that I'm going to call We Let the Weirdness In. It was me saying it fan mail and corrections for there was a, a couple of tracks of me doing it forwards and a couple of me playing it backwards and me singing it forwards with the sounds that came out when they were backwards. Yeah, that's there's a mood there because she's yeah she goes all out. I mean, like like the dreaming is uh, it's an album for extra people. It is it is unlike anything you will ever ever hear for sure. Yeah. Also, I do like how um how we let the weirdness in sounds like waves. How it just kind of washes in, washes out, and back in. Oh yeah, um, uh, musically, what's going m- melodically? I should say, what's going on with uh, this song? Well, not terribly much, other than the stuff with the yeah. ominous but power to warm. Like, there's not yeah, very much going on. Kind of, yeah, melodically, she kind of uh, plays it minimally. Minimalism here. Because it may like uh, if you like listen to the demo, then she's I'm not doing a lot there. Because I mean, the demo it, it doesn't it's not a lot different. But, it's really but yeah, not. it is very uh, drums. Yeah, it's a uh, drums led uh, in the same way that um, Hounds of Love is. Although I think Hounds of Love was constructed around the drums, so maybe mm-hmm. it's it's slightly different. Yeah, and I'm gonna have a lot of fun digging into. The, the stuff like the drums on that song oh my goodness oh yes yeah, so i've been interested in those for a while because i'd like to know what, what's going on there uh in terms of rhythm i know that um i know that in that song they were not the 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 drummer did not use any symbols at all and so that's part of what what makes the song sound so primal and you, that's a little bit yeah. in the song like in the first part with that doom but then when it like explodes with the harm is in us harm is in us and then bah, 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 you get in the, all the drum pills she sounds like she's vomiting she, she does really in that in the song like she's vomiting her entire voice out <laughs> people have really talked about this song i mean it, it was talked about extensively 
on the Love Hounds mailing list when I dig dug through gaffa.org and like there was like the 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 newsletter contest to figure out what was being said at the end of the song. But that was kind of I kind of paraphrased for you guys. And I can even kind of link in the uh, the podcast and everything, like where you can go and read more like discussion about the song. But not many other people have really mentioned this song terribly much, except just to say that it's it sounds sinister. Uh, I know Graham Thompson. <laughs> Graham Thompson said in um, here in Under the Ivy that. Um, when he was talking about the dreaming as a whole, actually, um, he says, uh, she says, quote, it was about how terribly cruel people could be, what we do to ourselves, what amount of loneliness we expose ourselves to, she said of the album. It was a searching, questioning album, and the music did tear you from one point to the next, unquote. The troubling leave it open, another hee-haw moment, another gun song, encapsulated the album's bleak message, harm is in us. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, more. They, they, it's the one Kate Bush song that's about the the ugly side of human nature, mm-hmm. which is I think I don't think human nature is a thing she believes in. So it's, but yeah, it's uh, the dreaming is probably her most challenging album. I do find it interesting that um, the producer on this song, I mean, because she was uh, like doing all the all the producing herself, but she actually uh, collaborated with the same producer from Sat in Your Lap, uh, Hugh Pagdam. And so with Hugh Pagdam, he was the first person that she went to for, hey, I'm going to be working on a new album. Can you help me out? And things weren't quite working out between the two of them because she wanted to do just more like, wow, I just, I don't really, I just let me loose on the machines. And he's all, he didn't want to do that. Um, it says, uh, Pagdam. Well, how boring of him. <laughs> I know. Uh, Pagdam and Bush collaborated on two further songs, Leave It Open and Get Out of My House. But the engineer was busy and his enthusiasm for the project was clearly not engaged. Penciled in to work on new albums by The Police, Phil Collins, and Genesis, he he was essentially engineering the dreaming in his spare time and was happy to hand it over. Uh, That's probably happier for us, honestly. But yeah, I guess there's a certain kinship between those two songs, so it makes sense. In terms of like how they sound, yeah, because they're they're both to me they're both songs about not letting things in. Whether whether it's to me this one is more like thoughts and ideas and new, uh, maybe even new people, just something that you're not used to, and you're you got a closed mind at the wrong time or you got an open mind at the wrong time, and get out of my house is feels more like an intrusion of people. But yeah. they do. But I do see what you mean. Like they are, they do seem very similar in that uh, that kind of philosophy. Yeah. Although funny you mentioned uh, Pagdam because apparently he's create he's uh, credited with creating this sort of gated drum sound that you can mm-hmm. find in uh, Collins in the air tonight. So yeah, just play uh, "Leave It Open" and "In the Air Tonight" back to back and see what you can notice. Aside from "Leave It Open" being better. And. And also that that kind of 
that kind of effect is definitely on the song with the drums and a gated reverb. I've, I've used, I've played around a little bit with that and just playing around in logic. Uh, gated reverb is an audio processing technique that is applied to recordings of drums or live sound reinforcement of drums in a PA system to make the drums sound mm. powerful and punchy while keeping the overall mix clean and transparent sounding. The gated reverb effect, which was most popular in the 1980s, is made using a combination of strong reverb and a noise gate. Unlike many reverberation or delay effects, the gated reverb effect does not try to emulate any kind of reverb that occurs in nature. Okay, yeah, that that, that makes sense because for all that uh, Bush is going for, you know, a sort of a primal spirit here, the sort of, you know, dark side of human nature, she's not trying to sound naturalistic. Mm -mm. And in fact, yeah. And in fact, those. It very much revels in the whole. Sorry. That's oh, all right. <laughs> it's like it's a song that very much uh, revels in how artificial and produced it sounds. But yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But also, I was going to say that the drums in this, I forgot to put this in my notes, and I was reminded of it. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for Gated Reverb. They mention Intruder. Um, the opening song from Peter Gabriel's third solo album, sometimes known as Melt because of the cover image, um, those hmm. drums sound a lot like the drums on Leave It Open. There's another one to add to the playlist of I'll Leave It Open and In the Air Tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all the very much uh, drum-heavy songs, I suppose. Well, and it was said that for for this album that she started with the rhythm first and then put chords and a melody over it, basically, like, top-lining. Hmm. <laughs> like, you come up with the music. It was basically you come up with the music first and then you come up with lyric you go into it like not even knowing what a, what the song is going to sound like or what it's going to be about and you just start singing and making up stuff over it it's a whereas probably whereas before like Kate Bush was sitting at the piano and she just had her vo- her her voice to manipulate to convey all these characters and her piano but in this in this album, you can tell that she started with the rhythm first and then built everything from there. Usually, like a singer-songwriter will sit down at their instrument of choice, they'll sing their song, they'll come up with, and they'll come up with stuff, they'll, they'll maybe come up with words and then some music to go with the words. And then you go and like, go to your band and say, okay, I've got this song, I'm going to play it for you guys. And then they all kind of come in around you and build it up that way. This is taking the completely different approach where you're starting with the beat and then taking it from there. Yeah, it's um, it's more rhythm, more rhythmically oriented than the first three albums. Whereas, like, like I say, the the one of the interesting aspects of say a kick inside from Never Forever is her harmonies, but here it's uh, she's much more focused in being a rhythmic artist, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
so we were kind of touching a little bit on like the demo that leaked a couple of years ago, which I thought was, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what, huh? Yeah. It's, it's a weird song to have a demo for, but yeah, it's, it's, it has much, it has roughly the same shape, just with more, uh, I mean, it's more, you can hear her. Yeah, they haven't processed her vocals as much in this one in the demo for sure. And to be honest, I almost prefer that version because I, I get she's going for probably going for incomprehensibility on the lyrics of I'm sorry, in the lyrics of this song, especially in the verses. But at the same time, like I like to be able to understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I and the effect is just so heavy on her voice in this song. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's um, it's where how how her work like there's not a lot of fl- uh, flourishing language in the song. Like you sit down and read the words like like my door was never locked until one day a trigger come caulking. So there's no real glamorous language in here. I think it's 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 very a guttural hard sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I'd say uh, un- uh, intelligibility is. Uh, not uh, something she's particularly interested in for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of her more fascinating experiments of the period. Also, this isn't really related to the song, but um, I, I like the name of this, uh, of this article. Uh, I think it's a quote from her. It's, uh, my music's sophisticated. I'd rather you said that than turd-like. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> Which is very true. 
Yes, she's uh, she is a delight in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and quite funny, and which I think is is good because people might get the impression that she's I am super serious artiste, but no, I mean. The fact that she allowed her news, her official club newsletter to have a contest to figure out what was being said at the end of this song shows that she has a sense of humor about this. Yeah, she she, she loves to fuck with people. That's why she <laughs> exactly. goes off and doesn't release it. That's why she doesn't release a new album for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And then she goes off for a while and then releases two albums at once and then nothing for eight years. She'll pop up, go, hey, guys, here's something new. Okay, bye. Let's get out of the up. I mean, there's probably reasons for that. Like, there's, um, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Um, Fred Vermorell. I, 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 I don't care if I butcher his name because he's a terrible person. Was like oh, saying, he, he wrote this um, <laughs> Kate Bush and the Strange uh, Art of Pop, like he, where he like openly admitted to stalking her, like sitting out in her property and all that sort of thing. But yeah, I can imagine that, you, that she was uh, tired of that. Like, I mean, I, like I don't want to, I don't want to give uh, Vermeil too much credit by, by saying that. Uh, okay, that there's actually this very stupid reading of uh, "Get Out of My House" that suggests it's about Fred Vermeil, which is ridiculous but hilarious. So I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. And here I thought it was just a song yeah, about the Shining. I, I think it is. I, I, I don't think it actually has anything to do with uh, to do with this guy. Well, any uh, any other thoughts about leave it open? I think we've covered everything. I'll, I'll probably think of something a- after the recording's over, but um, that'll <laughs> I'll just have to say that for the. <laughs> That'll just uh, be something for the blog. Indeed. Or also the hotline. We also have a hotline here that people can call. I'll mention here in a couple minutes. Oh, yes. So. Uh, yeah, I'm my mate. So speaking of blogs, so I guess we'll just kind of go on ahead and wrap it up. I mean, we, we've talked about we've talked about the production. We've talked about the effects. You, y'all got to hear me like really major music nerd. Uh, we. Uh, Which is lovely, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I tried. Um, there's, we talk about the demo, of course, this has never been done live, like, <laughs> live, yeah, whatever, live and cake never happens. Um, no. And, uh, no, I think of, uh, that we, I've kind of, uh, gotten all leaved it open out, or, or you could say I've just, uh, I mean, I, I've let the weirdness in and just let it out again. Well, I always try to let the weirdness in, that's for sure. <laughs> Backwards, obviously. Backwards, forwards, sideways, up, down, whichever way. <laughs> as long as it gets in, yeah. So now, where can people find your blog if they want to read more about uh, what you're... What you're so, you're uh, on your blog, you've got what song coming up next? I am at present writing about Kite. It'll probably have passed Kite by the time this uh, podcast is uploaded, but... Um, so for the time being, I uh, for a few months, uh, uh, dream, my blog Dreams of Organon, which uh, had its name changed on the suggestion of my friend Elizabeth Sandifer. So uh, like the, blog, uh, the blog will be on uh, the site Eruditorum Press for a few months. That's uh, 
great group blog with uh, culturally informed media criticism abound. So if you want to read uh, Dreams of Organon as soon as it goes up there for a, for a few months, I'll, I mean, I'm still updating it on WordPress. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the WordPress first. KateBushsons.wordpress.com. And if you want to get it faster, then give them and get into my blog faster, then go to eruditorumpress.com at uh, E-R-U-D-I-T-O-R-U-M press.com and you'll just scroll down a bit and you'll be able to find me where I'll be blogging on Fridays. Yay, that sounds awesome. I'm going to be looking for your blog, other blog posts. Yay! Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about Kate Bush with me. Yay! Oh. Oh, my pleasure. I'm always happy to be here. <laughs> If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or a few songs you'd like to talk about for a future episode, you can email me, kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. Contact me through my website, kbcast.linkmedia.com. And also on Twitter and Facebook, Twitter at StrangeKateCast and Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can also call our hotline and that number is at 757 757- 3496886 that's 7573496886 make sure to dial 1 if you're calling from outside the United States join us next week for a discussion of the title track from The Dreaming and boy is that going to be a really cool episode i can tell you that right now and we'll see everybody then What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.